Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. And today we launch into a study of Revelation 13, where we come face to face with the Antichrist. And today we're going to be basically giving you an introduction to the Antichrist. You know, we're, we're living in a strange time. Uh, we hear from some theologians that there's no eternity of hell's punishments. Really? I think some theologians may have lost their minds. And we also hear, don't worry, there's no future Antichrist to worry about. Uh, have they read Revelation 13? Let's start. And I saw a beast rising out of the sea with ten horns and seven heads, with ten diadems upon its horns and a blasphemous name upon its heads. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard, its feet were like a bear's, and its mouth was like a lion's mouth. And to it the dragon gave his power and his throne and great authority. One of the heads seemed to have a mortal wound, but its mortal wound was healed, and the whole earth followed the beast with wonder. Men worshiped the dragon, for he had given his authority to the beast. They worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast, and who can fight against it? Now, we are coming up on a chapter that it's just loaded with imagery here. And in chapter 13, what I just read to you is apocalyptic imagery to trigger something in your mind regarding the Antichrist. Now, you need to know that the word Antichrist never appears in the book of Revelation. It's not mentioned, but this is the Antichrist. I'll be explaining it in this episode and future episodes, but he is known here in the beginning of chapter 13, as the beast from the sea. Now, if you remember, I have been trying to do a couple of pretty serious things in this broadcast. One, I'm trying to be a friend to those who have been taught only the rapture will occur at any moment before the second coming of Christ, trying to show them that uh, that teaching may not be as scripturally based as you may have been led to believe. I'm trying to help these folks. And on the other hand, there's a group called the Preterists, which basically says that everything in the book of Revelation, I'm talking about the extreme Preterist view, everything in the book of Revelation pertains to the first century. So when we're reading here in chapter 13, about the beast from the sea or the Antichrist. We're talking about maybe the Emperor Nero or maybe Domitian, but somebody in the first century. And I would say that's partially true. There is something to do with the first century, but to take the extreme view and say it doesn't have anything to do with the future, well, that's when I think we're making a severe mistake because when this time comes, this type of teaching both that you'll be raptured out before trouble begins or has nothing to do with the future, both positions will catch millions of good people off guard and unprepared. Just as a side note, I can't remember hearing a 
regular Sunday homily on the Antichrist over the past quarter of a century. Hmm. Okay. Now, I'm going to solve the question once and for all, is the Antichrist in our future? And this big question, this is a huge question, and you're going to encounter a lot of good Catholic scripture scholars who are going to give you the extreme preterist viewpoint. I'm going to solve that in one minute and 16 seconds. I time myself. I'm a fairly fast reader, but I tried to read slow two paragraphs from the Catechism of the Catholic Church that are quite explicit in answering this question. It'll just take you 16 seconds plus one minute, and you'll have your answer. It's this, paragraph 675, before Christ's second coming, before Christ's second coming, the church must pass through a final trial that will shake the faith of many believers. This is what my concern is for people here. The persecution that accompanies her pilgrimage on earth will unveil the mystery of iniquity in the form of a religious deception. The supreme religious deception is that of the Antichrist by which man glorifies himself in the place of God. That was 675. Before Christ's second coming, the Antichrist. It's a final trial. Paragraph 677. The church will enter the glory of the kingdom only through this final Passover. In other words, the church goes through a tough period before Christ returns, just like Jesus went through a tough period before his exaltation. The kingdom will be fulfilled then, not by a historic triumph of the church through a progressive ascendancy, but only by God's victory over, listen, the final unleashing of evil. And guess what the footnote is for paragraph 677 of the Catechism of the Catholic Church? Footnote 580 references Revelation chapter 13. So, you know, this is really actually pretty easy if you follow the catechism. Let's say that you're a Protestant listening and you're a Bible alone. Well, listen to St. Paul, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 3. Let no one deceive you in any way, including Christian teachers. For that day, referencing the day of the Lord, will not come unless the rebellion or the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed. This is the Antichrist who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship, so that he takes his place in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. Now, the fulfillment, the final fulfillment of the Antichrist passages and warnings in Scripture, in 2 Thessalonians 2, it's about as clear as you get from St. Paul. Well, are you sure about this? Well, this is what St. Augustine felt about 2 Thessalonians 2 in the City of God, book 20. Quote, what the Apostle Paul wrote to the Thessalonians about, the manifestation of the Antichrist, which shall precede the day of the Lord. No one can doubt that he wrote this of the Antichrist, unquote. And again, 
St. Augustine in City of God, book 21, he says this, in the end of the world, not the first century, in the end of the world, there shall be a time of antichrist tribulation such as never before been. Well, Steve, you lean a little too heavy on St. Augustine. I mean, you know, he might have veered. Well, how about Thomas Aquinas? Also commenting on 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, he said this, quote, here he, that's St. Paul in 2 Thessalonians 2, here he announces what will happen in the future as regards the dangers to the church that will arise during the time of the Antichrist, unquote. Now, as I mentioned earlier, the Antichrist is not mentioned by name in the entire book of Revelation. In fact, St. Paul calls him the man of lawlessness. That's St. Paul's term for it. But we have clear teaching referenced in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, St. Augustine, Thomas Aquinas, that he has more than one name. So why in the world in Revelation 13 do we find this really uh, far out description of this beast rising from the sea? Why doesn't he just say the Antichrist will come? Well, he's trying to trigger something. Now, most of us, you know, um, our great tribulations this time of year, maybe finding a parking space at the mall as we drive our heated or air-conditioned cars to the mall. you know, if you're living out in the wilderness, you come across a bear or a leopard, uh, this type of thing, a beast, you are what's called terrified. We are given this teaching to show us there's going to be a very terrifying person arise, but all of this is under God's control. This is part of a furious end-time assault on the people of God. We're not to freak out even though these are really scary type of descriptions because you think, oh, this is all past. There are Catholic and Catholic apologists say there's really nothing to worry about. Read this book and it'll put you to sleep regarding eschatology. Don't fall for this. So again, why is he called the beast from the rising out of the sea? To get your answer, you simply have to turn one page back in the book of Revelation. And what do you find is that verse three of chapter 12, another portent appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon with seven heads and 10 horns and seven diadems upon his heads. Well, the great red dragon, we are identified in Revelation 12 as Satan. And I did a little quick look yesterday just to confirm this, but the Greek word for dragon, if you look in a standard Greek reference tool called Kittle, it'll tell you one of the original meanings for this word is sea monster or Leviathan, sea monster. Sea monster, okay, or great red dragon uh, with seven heads, 10 horns, and seven diadems. Now let's turn back to chapter 13. I saw a beast arising out of the sea. Well, if Satan is the sea monster, who is the Antichrist? Well, he's Satan's man. 
Satan is furious. He knows his time is short. We learned in Revelation 12. We realize there was a war going on that started in Genesis 3.15. It's going to reach its fulfillment with a furious persecution that first Christ encountered in his life and ministry and then will intensify at the end of the world. And we find a beast rising out of the sea. This is the same context as we find Satan in the previous chapter. And look, with 10 horns, seven heads, and 10 diadems upon his head. This is the exact same description that was given to Satan. Because this man, who has the furious nature of, the, of a beast, really finds his origin in Satan himself. Satan is going to give this person great authority so that all the world will marvel at him. When I say all the world, the unbelieving world, and you can be going to church and be an unbeliever, and a lot are going to be sucked in. This is why we have these scriptures, that he is going to give the world what they want. Namely, he'll proclaim himself God, and at the same time, say to individuals, well, you are part of God, and your will, your ego, yourself is divine, and lead people into the idolatry of self universally. So, if you want to know if the Antichrist is the past or future, take one minute and 15 seconds, Catechism 675, 677. I'm Steve Wood, your host. You've been listening to episode 102 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy and to order copies of Luke 21 broadcasts, visit us online at luke21.com.